Season three of Founder Journey keeps rolling on. We're still in Mexico. We're talking to Yitzia of Troquer in Mexico City today. We're gonna to talk about the circular economy and uh, some of the opportunities, but also the challenges of doing business in Latin America. We're also gonna talk about some of her own challenges uh, coming up as an entrepreneur in Latin America. Welcome to another episode of Founder Journeys. I'm still on my trip, on my trade mission. I'm here in Mexico City with an amazing young woman that's uh, building a really, really cool uh, company. We're gonna get into it, but first, I gotta ask for forgiveness. I can't pronounce your last name. It's Itzia Belaustegui Goitia. It's difficult. I know. I'm not gonna try. Uh, from Frukea. That's Frukea right. is a, uh, a retail startup, uh, but there's more than that. Tell us about Troquer. Yes, so um, Troquer is a digital resale platform. Uh, actually, we have buyers and sellers coming up to our platform. And we've um, really gotten into building the best customer experience for both buyers and sellers and trying to promote a change in mindset for people to go towards the circular economy, which means um, sellers. Um, sell their, their items, but buyers buy, use, and then resell their items. So that's how you um, get into the circular economy on the physical item yeah. world, right? Um, so we've been, we've been, we were the first company in Latin America to build that model, and we designed a service specifically for the Latin American market. So since then, we've um, we've grown this many, many, many fold. And, and we're very happy into the new perspectives that will be going. Um, but actually, well, yes, troquer uh, was inspired by the French word, which means bartering. Bartering. Mm -hmm. and, and that's really interesting because it's, it's a major trend. It's millennials and now even more Gen Z, like mm -hmm. thrift shopping, mm -hmm. uh, looking at vintage wear. But with that consciousness of why throw something away if it can be reused again. The circular economy, bringing it back into the ecosystem before the end of life. Uh, it, it's, it's such a hot trend to be on. And you guys started before it was a trend. Right? Yes, actually, actually, I'm, I'm, um, I'm very well flattered that we, that we understood the trend in time. When did you start? When did, when did the company start? In 2014. 2014. Yes, actually, we were coming like a little past, but coming out of the mentality of the um, of the crash you know, of when people are starting questioning themselves. It was if it was conscious and sustainable to keep on buying and and getting credit for buying instead of changing their consumer trends. So actually, we picked up that change, but detonated by technology is actually the way we got really um, to, to be able to build this. No? So it's, it's something that um, maybe 100 years ago um, humans did. No? They, they yeah. bartered. Uh, they bartered items or they bought good, good items. And then they, um, they really wanted for them to last. Yeah. And someday in our... Um, trend, we switched mindsets and we preferred consuming and, and, throwing and throwing away instead of reusing and keeping those items. No, Technology has been a part of it. No, Cell phones last for two years, three years, computers, and so on. So we are coming back to that mindset. We were the first ones 
uh, that noticed the change and incorporated tech and data in order to be able to, um, to scale that. Yeah, and there's that old saying, one person's garbage is another person's treasure. That's and right. So you don't know what you have. It might not be useful for you or you might have gotten all the function that you want out of that hoodie or whatnot, but you pass it on to somebody else and they're like, oh, wow, that's a great logo. I, I would love to wear that or uh, I've never seen something like this. It has style. Yeah. It's, it's something that unique. It's unique and it's different and it has a different coloring that the textiles that right now or a different um, way of doing it and fabricating, no? And and actually one of them, uh, you were saying that Gen Z's and millennials are the one are the ones that are most promoting it. And I would say, yeah, of course, because they're the most digital um, generations. So they have picked up easily and our platform lives digitally. And, and then the also the, the very important trend is the environment, in, environmental consciousness that has um, come by, right? So Gen Z's are really into understanding fair trade and what they're buying and what they buy, where, where it comes from, and if it's ethical and if it's uh, made um, fairly. And then also if, if it's recycled, if the garment is going to last or is, is, it isn't. And, and what's very interesting also is that the fashion industry is the second most polluting in, in the world. Uh, actually, the world, um, uh, the world ONU, you know, has has yeah. declared the fast fashion as as the the provoking agent of of that um, pollution. Yeah. Also, there is really a big trend it going against fast fashion, and instead of buying items at a place where where garments have a a shortage of use, they buy. Thrift, at, at thrift yeah. shops. And it started by, by being a big trend in, in fashion, but then it has gone over to even um, well, furniture. Consumables in our life, in, in, in our uh, everyday lives. They can be reused, recycled, yeah. refurbished, and it's becoming a very big trend now. Even, even companies, I don't know if you've noticed, but maybe Best Buy or some electronic companies now sell their, their first-hand no, new items, but they also have a website on, on the refurbished yeah. side. No? And, and that's actually being legislated in the, in the U.S. It's called the uh, right to repair laws. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of manufacturers of electronics are being forced to build things so that they can actually be repaired. Because iPhone right now, it's, it's pretty hard to repair it mm -hmm. unless you have the right certifications, right tools. And so they want to make it easier for electronics to be repaired or, or furniture to be repaired and not thrown away because mm -hmm. it's been recognized it's a massive issue and problem. Well, yes, and, and it's it's very good that you uh, that you mention it because in order for it to be to become um, inst like institutional, mm -hmm. the government has to intervene because for companies it's. More economic to yeah. no perfect example is the fast fashion. Is they, they're not exactly. going to stop until they they're the right government they're forced to exactly. Change. And some of that force comes from the customers, right? It, it's we now have the best it's, voting powers is with our dollars. So mm -hmm. if you don't like the way H and M is uh, using fast fashion mm -hmm. or Zara or whatnot, then don't shop there. 
It's not that easy. It's not that easy because we also have some other constraints, and people have to live their lives, no? And and con- and we have to go over constraints. So, if for for example, you have no someone that has an economic uh, pay and has to figure out how to dress well, uh, being it not pricey for for their income. So they have to figure it out, no? And 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 you won't make a big big investment in clothing because why? Why do a big investment? So that's a way of making it fashionable, sustainable and accessible in terms of economic but then geography, easiness, time. So it's yeah, locally it's sourced. locally sourced. Yeah. I think we could probably talk for hours about this with Anna and but I want to go back to you, Itzia. What's your journey? How did you get to where you are today? Like, what was that path like? School, other startups, work? Like, actually, you told me a little bit about your work in the past. Mm-hmm. But let's dive into the journey of Itzia. Yes, thank you. Um, well, actually, I have uh, two of my grandparents where were themselves there were they were entrepreneurs, right? So, so the, it's in your blood. So it's in my blood. Both of them came from Europe established in Mexico. Um, One was French, another one was Spanish, and they build their companies here. And one of them was a, had a financial company and a retail company. And the other one, a a sugar industry, just as transforming and and refining sugar. So I was always listening to the topics and the conversations. And, and as you may know, it's mindsets that really um, como drive you, you know, go where you go. And, and I was very interested about their mindsets and it was very action-driven, very practical, but also made for transforming and building a better service, building a better quality of life, uh, bringing something better to the status quo. So that's really what I, I love. I love working at, at Troquer uh, because I feel that I'm transforming the way we consume, and not only fashion, but actually whichever item you consume, and, and, and really uh, trying to make an impact on, on where I am by, by creating a culture, creating a team, uh, figuring out solutions, and then creating something that someone really likes or even they don't like and then we learn from it. So really that approach to life, no? um, designing a solution in order for, imp- to improve people's lives and have an impact for them in their lives and also uh, as a business. So that really helps me, well, no, it, it motivates me. And, and I, also, I always knew that I wanted to have my, my business. Um, so my first volunteering work was at Endeavor. I don't know if you, if you know the organization. It's an organization that helps entrepreneurs, puts together entrepreneurs, mentors, and funding, and building together a, like a community, a strong community, in order to help entrepreneurs r- solve their, their problems and build their companies. So that was the first place that I started working at. I was a volunteer there. That was here in Mexico? Uh, it was in here. Mexico City. Yes. And then I worked at a consulting firm. No, actually, it helped me very much because it, it built structure. It actually was towards designing solutions for the problems that 
that the that the clients had and it was very intense actually but very the hard work makes you grow and and get to know your capabilities and then push yourself towards something else and it gave me, gave me a big tools no for me those were very good tools that i have kept on using um, since then then um no here and there but i i also worked at volaris and volaris is one of the most successful vc no uh, companies if if you will it's an airline now but it started when the um the cheap tickets no as yeah. a, like um JetBlue and uh-huh. all of them started in the rest of, of the world. It started in Mexico as well. And so I, I went to work at Volaris and it was actually also very enriching because it was uh, very well capitalized. It, has, it had a multiple experience. TACA, which is an airline in, in Latin America, came here. So they were. They had twenty five percent of of the company. Then um, Televisa, which did the broadcast of of the introduction introduction and the launch of the company. Then there was also Imbursa, which is a bank, and the fourth partner was the the, the financial one that did all of the business plan and that um, and that really drove toward the plans in the future. So it really attracted me when they invited me over. And, and it was quite a journey because of, it, it was a company that grew not also like the three times, um, even four times year per year. And strictness was, and security, you can imagine, was the first value right? Because you were, you were not playing with people's lives. So the director calls himself a, a strict leader <laughs> a, because he, he has always been tough and he led with really tight you know, fist, yeah. but he was also very inspiring um, because of the way he built, the way he managed the company and how the team operates and work. And works. So I learned very much from from that you no know, highly growing but well capitalized startup it, with a national transcendence. Now it flies over to the U.S. and to o- o- other parts of of the country. So that was very interesting as well. And um, and then uh, I was invited uh, to work over to the Mexican stock exchange. And curiously, I see Troquer as a marketplace, as, as, a, as a stock exchange, because the core of my business is to build a technology where you have data crossing, and only this time you also cross logistically items across the platform. So I have to figure out how to optimize the seller's interests and the buyer's interests, and then put it all into a platform and maximize the intersection, right? So that's on the like a rational, practical part. So I, I associate my company very much like the Mexican Stock Exchange. So it also you know, helped me broaden, broaden my, my perspective. So everything that you've had in this journey culminates into Trocare. It is, yes, actually. 
One is uh, venture capital and fast growing and how to manage, how to um, lead over for results, no? and, and, and then also come on, motivate people, grow cultures, build KPIs, build objectives. Um, and How big is your company now? What's the head count? We have um, 70 people working. Wow. And it's all in Mexico, or right now it's all in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And you, your your core market is Latin America. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me about the Latin American market. Everybody's saying, okay, Latin America is the next next fashion. There's so much opportunity in Latin America. Mm -hmm. So I'll I'll just um, let you know a little bit of my perspective on why Latin America is is the market right now. So you have Europe, which is concentrated and has a high purchasing parity, but it also, the services and the infrastructure that are there are, um, the, they're legacy and they have been there. And so there isn't much gap, not the US the same. Asia goes fast, um, but, but also the, the digital infrastructure as it is now has been developing quickly. So why is Latin America such an interesting, um, region of the world, it's because we are high in population. Um, our purchasing power parity isn't as low as Africa. It isn't as high as the US, but it's right on the middle market um, where people have an income. They have a, a, a purchasing possibility, but infrastructure is very low. So if you have a market that's able to pay a basic service, and basic service are scarce. So the gap is there, right? So the gap is you have a market, it's big, you only need to put the service, introduce the infrastructure, and you know, um, and have the, cus the customers there. So as you've seen, the, the, the companies that have come are, are fintech, you know, are basic companies or, or basic services companies that have come along. So those are the ones that are pushing change and in, in creating the, the basic infrastructure. Now, um, now you were saying... So I guess the, you kind of are pushing me in the right direction is that, so you got the, the, the legacy infrastructure that's getting disrupted by FinTech and whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, circle economy is something that you're really passionate about, I'm really passionate about. There, there's huge opportunities. Well, how does that, is that being embraced in Latin America, the circle economy and, mm -hmm. and being more conscious about the world mm -hmm. around us? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, or has it always been like that in Latin America and, and then now you bring it to the surface? Great, great, great. Um, now, yes, it has always been around. Uh, there are um, companies uh, where you go and, and buy thrift items. It actually, also, there are some buyers that go to the U.S., buy used clothing, bring it over to Mexico and Latin America and sell the used clothing. So another one, other, another man's trash is another man's uh, treasure. It's what happens with the U.S. and Mexico in terms of clothing. So um, you, were, you were telling me how was the service different in the one that we built here from, from other countries is that we really designed the, the service made to to Latin America. And the, the 
particularities of, of Latins is that we're not as digital as the other countries. So we had to build a product that was ba based on tech, based on data, but actually with a um, personal touch um, in it. No? You, you'll maybe see if you go over to, to Valle de Bravo, which is another uh, um, like a second home lake place, you'll see that uh, going over there on the paying toll um, place, you have the tag, which you can go over, but there on the tag, there's like a maniquee no, that's standing yeah. as to make you feel that there is someone helping you. <laughs> and, and actually, not only, not only Mexicans need the maniquee, but there's also someone helping you cross over the digital world, which is only crossing no, with your car and your tag and not feeling frustration or panic because you, you may not go in there, right? So, um, so there is some barrier, a cultural barrier from, from the, the Mexicans and Latin Americans, maybe, maybe not so Argentina because it's a little more developed, um, but, but we are um, really used to talking to people and having a personal contact. So we built a, a service around that, right? Introcare. Introcare. So, so Introcare has a human element. So it it's has. not just a cool UX, UI experience. It's all uh, digital. Exactly. There is a layer of Some human touches. interaction. Uh -huh. What you're saying just like reminded me of uh, dating myself here. When, when banks started to roll out ATM machines, mm -hmm. uh, the big fear was like, I need a teller. I want to talk to a human. I don't want to go to a machine. Mm -hmm. And so you might have one or two machines and 10 tellers. Mm -hmm. And then you start to see five tellers and five machines. And now you kind of go to banks as all oh, ATMs. So you're able to wean that off. But exactly. I think it's also the age of the consumer started to catch up with, I don't need that person. I want to just do it by myself, myself. because I improve my time. I don't do queues or wait. or And curiously, it's interesting, but also the airline... Um, service yeah. is that way you go to the u.s and basically you you check in by yourself yeah. and, and now even immigration so and even immigration exactly well in mexico that won't be as as soon as as it has been in in the u.s so that's really a a it shows you off how trends and how people are adapting to um, digital services now. So we're just at the bridge of making and helping people go digitally. And, it, and it's interesting because I, I'm a two-sided marketplace. And so I have buyers and my buyers are 100% online. So I, they, they buy clothing online, and, but then the sellers need more guidance and it's more of an accompanying service. Right, so it's based in tech on tech, but then there needs to be a human interaction for you to really, you know, have this sense of of need and urgency, and somebody to remind you that it's better for you to have your clothing being sold than really stored right, in, in, in hanging. Exactly, and maybe a, it, it, it may be a hassle for you selling your items. So they really introduce you to our platform and. Try to make the journey easy, hassle-free, and, and non-time non consuming. So we talked about Latin America as a whole. 
what's the magic of Mexico City? Mm. Like everybody I talk to, everybody loves Mexico. Canadians love Mexico. <laughs> um, but Mexicans are really proud about Mexico. Mm -hmm. And even more so here in Mexico City. What's the magic of Mexico City? Well, it has so many components. So I would say that in itself, it's a very rich city, right? So I'll, I'll try to list some of the, some of the, the, the most um, uh, strong for me, okay? So first is the people. The, you come over and people are open, they're, they're nice, they're, they're strong, they're workers, no, they're hardworking, they're, they, they, they like to party, they like to, um, to, to interact. And so that makes it a, a strength. It's, it's a populated uh, city. It's very, very wide. Uh, we say that it has like eight cities in one city. And then you have the, not suburbs, but the other cities that are now becoming a bigger, bigger metropolis, very, very important one. No? Toluca and then Cuernavaca that before were were far away and now are becoming they've grown so much, they've grown so much then grown so exactly next to each, next other. To each other exactly so we collide now so that's that's an asset the the other asset is culture so it's rich in culture um there it's one of the the cities with the most museums in the world we have we have many museums but also we have opera houses we have um dancing um, places um, there's theaters, there's, um, there, there's a, it's a vibrant city. Then there's also very good food, very good food. Yes, I can, I can attest to that. Very good, food here. <laughs> very good food, national, and then um, international restaurants. No, we have like a, a lot of great fusion restaurants. Fusion here. restaurants. And then we have a sense of, of, um, of taste and we like tasting. So Mexico as a country is also very rich in, in geographies and in flavors. So we have mole, we have chile, we have tacos. So you have uh, the ceviche, it's raw fish yeah. from, from the, the, the West. And then you have the mole and then you have the, the most rich sauces uh, with, um, with chicken. And then you have the... the um, Boktuk, no, which is in Yucatan, and and it's so and diverse. It has like its own unique. It, it has its, but it's, it's still. And Mexico unites, reunites yeah. all of them. So you have that como regional richness all mixed into Mexico City. Yeah, like today we went for lunch, and uh, they actually had four different types of bread: one from Yucatan, one from Holduco, and, and See? yeah, so it's like. See, we like tasting exactly, and even the tortilla. We have different colors of tortilla, different maices, uh, and and I would say that the also the, it's Mexico is the fourth, the fourteenth city in the world. So instead of instead of um, slashing the world in countries, I would slash the world in cities, and Mexico would be the fourteenth most important city in the world, which is very relevant. Yeah. No, there are much many more cities than than countries. Well, uh, we have one of the, of the most important economic um, countries in the yeah. cities it in the is, world. One of the gateways to Latin America is Mexico City. And so you have the Latin side, but then you also are very near the US. US. So you have como 
you, it's a, it hasn't been a mixture of cultures, but you get inspired by whatever the U.S. does, and you also get, get driven because no, they 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 give us that impulse. Uh, but we have and and maintain our own essence and culture, and it has come a long way. <laughs> it's also it, it has many years in history. So I would also say that Mexico has a long history, which has made its cultural riches. It's, it's been an amazing conversation. Like I said, we could keep talking about the circle economy. <laughs> that's a podcast on its own. Maybe that's something. I, I, I have thought about it. Talk about it. Um, but uh, I'll be mindful of your time. We're a busy day here. But uh, leave our audience with uh, your thoughts about Canada. Like we talked about like the, the gateway to the U.S., mm-hmm. but there's huge opportunities between Canada and Mexico. Uh, so many synergies. What are your thoughts about uh, Mexico and Canada working together and collaborating? Well, it's curious because I lived in Canada. I lived in Toronto. <laughs> and... I'm holding that against you. Vancouver guy here. I've never been to Vancouver, but actually it's one of the, 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 the cities that I want to, um, to visit. So if I ever go, no, yes, soon, maybe soon, yeah. I'll, I'll let you know. Um, I love Canada, actually. I, I was there. I'm more attracted uh, to Vancouver no, uh, than, than maybe Toronto or Quebec. My, my cousins studied there. So what I see is, is interesting and a very strong force in, in Canada is it's also next to the U.S. No? So it also gives it its importance. But then it, it's a mixture of cultures. And it has been very respectful since the beginning. Um, it's, it has a very conscious um, perspective towards nature. They're really conscious of nature. They're very respectful of, of um, ethnicities, of cultures, of, um, um, of, um, if, if, of nationalities, even, even no perspectives. Um, and... And I love that from, from Canada, but also it's welcoming. It's, it's a welcoming country and it gives opportunities. It, it, it helps people ed- educate themselves. No, so I go, go to edu- no, so I claim ed- education, go to universities. It has very, very good universities. And, and for Mexico, it's, it's much more an area of opportunity than, than the U.S. I mean, for, for people that have gone to college or have had a master's, Canada represents a land of opportunity, right? And, and actually, actually, yes, I think I, it, it'd be better if, if we closed ties because um, we're next, no? We're together. Yeah. And and we're you're you're very welcoming and, and, and Mexicans are a very powerful, talented and driven driven people. Yeah, no, I, I always say it, like the US is a tier one market. Let's not beat around the bush. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to do business with the US because of the volume and, and the capacity. Canada is a tier two market, Mexico is a tier two market. We're doing really well on our own, lots of positives, but together mm-hmm. we're that much stronger mm-hmm. and we can tackle the US exactly. and even tackle Latin America together or Southeast Asia together. So huge synergies between Canada and Mexico. And that's why I'm here. I want to be that bridge and, and see more opportunities together. Itzia, I 
the journey for an entrepreneur is difficult. Mm-hmm. There's always ups and downs. Can you share with us some of the, the challenges that you had, something that you feel other entrepreneurs should be aware of or recognize that you're not alone? Mm-hmm. Like other entrepreneurs go through these challenges mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Well, we've had so many difficulties, no? And, and I see difficulties as a way to grow, right? So all of these opportunities have helped me and my team and and the development, no? Um, it's been an opportunity to grow. But actually, I would say that I, I could point out several of them. So yes, being being a woman, being a woman in the in the startup sphere, um, because not only of what I represent, but also of what I have in my personal life, right? So being a woman, I have children and I'm married. And definitely the time, even though my, my husband is the most supportive and I'm really grateful to him, my children need me more than my husband. And that's nature. And that will never help me dedicate the same time that my husband dedicates to his work. And that would all, it will always be um, a disadvantage. No? We, can, we can all no, grow through, um, around it. But then if you see a man-built company, no? the, the same man-built company, and then a women-built company, Women tend to um, also dedicate time to their children yeah. more in in a, in a in a bigger percentage than than men, and it's nature. Okay, yeah. so just that gives me um, a struggling. Also, I need to struggle more. I need to invest more time. I need to um, sacrifice more of my hobbies and more of my um, leisure time than than. Than some of them, than my male counterparts. So that's been difficult. Yes, that's that's been that's been a challenge. Um, but then, no, that many many other women go through that, and and I think that the support you get from the community is something that makes you stronger and then helps you. Obviously, you have to build that community in order for it to to go and help you uh, towards that. Right. So that that is something. Um, then, then it's also you no know, being a woman um, in front of men, and even I grew. I've I've always grown in 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 schools, you no know, universities, my masters, uh, my my school. You no, know, when I when I was little, I've always been around men, always. So it has never been a difference. But then there is a language, you no. Know, which sometimes I don't speak because, because I'm not a man, no? And, and, and it's natural. But then I see that women that are more, more men-like are the ones that have no, como gone further. No, further because they speak the same language. Yeah. I've also heard that... Um to your scenario where, where you've always been around men and, and, and you've, you don't think twice about it. You think there's like a, a camaraderie or, or, or you're used to that, but there's an outside perception that comes in or um, exactly. you realize that you weren't actually uh, treated the same as another one of the guys, mm-hmm. uh, even though you felt comfortable with them. They really? With you, exactly. There was still something that... A difference, just different. a little difference. Yeah. And that makes 
the easiness not as easy, no? So I studied engineer, I studied math, I studied, I did an MBA, I did all of that because it really, I love it. But but it 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 uh, women are not there aren't as many women there so only only that percentage no is is a disadvantage because it's not like a 50-50 no so only that framework you you don't feel no as it as if it were as fair but this is unconscious no obviously i'm making i'm 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 exploiting no so i'm expressing something that when when you pass it and you go through it it's an unconscious feeling and when you think about it and you make it conscious then then you really it, come understand which actions and which moments were the moments where you felt that and what were the circumstances that made you, you know feel that and 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 perceive that yeah and really it's sad just the state of how it is but uh, that unconscious that, that consciousness of having to look at that examine that scenario that situation in your head of why was it treated differently because it was a woman that shouldn't exist that mental time should be spent of why was I treated different because my competition is doing this and I'm doing this it, it shouldn't be about your gender it shouldn't be about you as an individual it should be about the, the, the company and the performance but it's sad scenario that that, that is a reality and 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 until until I got conscious about it, I saw o sea, I I revised some of my my meetings, and I I understood that I was trying to over communicate when maybe if a partner man would have come and would have expressed the same, he wouldn't have felt the need of over expressing because. No, como que it's it's a comfortable thing. So that's that's one difficulty. No, in raising money, no, on on a on on a platform that started being a service for women. No, there's there's Glossier in yeah. in the U.S. that targeted only women, and I targeted in the beginning only women. No, telling them that obviously I was op I was opening men and then other categories and so on, and and other pricey items and and so on. But but they they really were skeptical that I was that I was building something only for women. No, and that no, it it made it made me as if as if I was building something that was only going to become um, for a niche market, which. My plan didn't say that. My actions didn't didn't say that. Um, all of my moves didn't say that. But actually, they they had this no, um, if you call it preconceived, prejudice, preconceived no, no. No. exactly. So so no, it's still in, it's still in in maybe nature or maybe the, um, the, the 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 paradigm or or whatever the consciousness that we that we live through now no and it's also maybe unconscious because and now that you've reached a level of success with care are you still seeing that is it still an issue or have you have they all said oh, okay we can see Ash and those are shit <laughs> yes <laughs> they're definitely i've 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 um, won my space um yet if you go over to other countries and you cross over to there's always the issue of of 
Here we go again. Here we go again. And, and, and family, you know, how is it that you tackle the, the, the family subject, even, even though, even though, um, because it's, it's, we're two, it's, it's a female founded company. So, so that's still, it's still something I think we've, we've gone our way and that we've built um, a career and a journey and we've grown and we've demonstrated that we're here to keep on growing and then making all Latin America troquear. And then I would also like to to talk about another difficulty, uh, which is, which is bringing senior people to your team. Because when you start growing, you have, you have to, as, as we said before, you have to delegate and you have to bring in talent and you have to build a culture um, to keep that talent aligned and with the, the same you know, um, ways of taking decisions and not only rationally, but also um, on the soft side of, of, of the culture. So when you build your company and then you bring in a third party, a fourth party, a fifth party, and they have not uh, breath, breath, no, yeah. breathed um, your culture, it starts changing. And then in COVID, that was a very big challenge for me. Because I, I brought in um, some talent and they, they came in and then the rest of the team was, it, they had friction, no? But I, I really saw that, um, that there, was, there was potential because I saw that um, being, being even more, even more, no, and nitty and, 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 focused on the processes and focused on, on really getting technology into things and, and so on. But maybe his uh, way of introducing his activities and, and the way that my culture reacted to, um, to his leadership. And then we had a, another person from Colombia and another person from Spain and another person, because I love internationals. No, I, I, I think that makes it rich. But that was a very big challenge. And, and then we went over virtually. So, so add so, challenge to challenge to challenge. Uh-huh. Add challenge of, of, of integrating you know, different perspectives and different cultures into your own culture. And then different ways of, of um, aborting problems, yeah. no? and tackling problems. And then we were virtually separated. So that was a very, very challenging stage in in Atroquer. And, and, and now I realize that building a strong culture, no, also as, as a recommendation, being, being building a strong, strong culture with very with, um, defined values and what you what you preach and, and how you uh, you tackle things and how you react on the soft and then on on the logical side it all um, helps you create a framework which helps you go faster because if you think the same way if you react on the same times if if you no como como juggle with things we're all more synchronized. 
Yeah, and that's one of the challenges with COVID and remote work is that you as a leader, you could probably pick up on some nuances, body language of your team. Like when you brought somebody more senior in and they say something and give some directions and walk away, and you could probably sense and feel something in the air. Mm-hmm. With Zoom, you can't. And all of those problems get taken away mm-hmm. off screen. Mm-hmm. And by the time you find out about it, it might be too late. Exactly. Or, or dam- there's more damage done than, than if you're able to nip it in the bud before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's why I go back to like, yes, realities are remote work is going to be ingrained into all businesses, but I don't think the office is abandoned. I think people are coming back to offices. Mm-hmm. There, There is this uh, real value in having people interact, interact physically. together physically. Um, and uh, uh, you're going to be able to prevent things like this happening, culture clash and, and, and uh, just misalignment with visions or whatnot, because as I said, everything happens on Zoom, and then the problem really happens after you close mm-hmm. Zoom, and you go, <laughs> you go back and complain to your dogs, like, I can't stand that woman. <laughs> and then it, the shutters come down, and you don't see what the reaction of the person was yeah. afterwards, okay? and how are they facing you know, their, their, their fear or their... No, they're, they're... Or even the simple thing that you can see, like, okay, they didn't quite understand what I was saying. Right. A lot of times you see that at the end, right? When you're sitting, you're, you're shutting Zoom. I was like, no, 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 but wait. <laughs> no, but then, then everyone um, left. Yes, 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 definitely. And there's nothing like energy. And and actually, one of the things that I that I you know, was telling you that this morning and, and all of the events that, that I see you um, you build and you create and, and then you provide the energy you share and interacting and crossing ideas and that's invaluable and that won't won't be no translated into clubhouse no and it won't be uh, replicated in any any other way just by no in being yeah. just by being close and feeling the energy and and trying to you can only sense if someone is on your same synchronicity if only you are standing right next to each yeah. other. That, that is so true. Like I, I personally feed off of other people's energy and I feed off of other entrepreneurs' energy more than other people. And people that really know me, they, they pick that up. That if I'm with another entrepreneur, there's a different light in my eye. The, the reactions, like the, the tone of my voice is so different. You see me talking to a politician, very different. You see, talking to somebody, like a university professor, it's very different. He's talking to somebody younger, uh, is different than an entrepreneur that actually has gone through shit. <laughs> once we, the weave that gone through shit, you look at somebody else's eyes. I see. <laughs> I can see you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we'll see. Well, your energy is very inspiring. Thank you. Because of you. It's been a great conversation. Great, Brian. Thank you for joining us on Founder Journeys. uh, And hopefully we'll see more from Tercare.